Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. My guest today is Bridget Hum. Bridget is a mindset and strategy coach who helps entrepreneurs and leaders take control of their mindset. Bridget, thank you so much for joining me on the coaching call. How are you today? If I were any better, I would be levitating. Thanks so much for asking. <laughs> wow, I love that. I love that. So you are doing amazing. Oh my gosh, things are going really well. It's, I think it's every every month is Women's Month, really. I agree. What do you think? I Totally. To me, women are so strong. If you have kids, oh my gosh, not only did you go through that whole process of giving birth and then the nurturing that goes with it, and then all the daily tasks that a mom has to go through. I mean, that you guys... You guys are wearing capes, you know, you superheroes to me. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, that you just described my uh, everyday life mm-hmm. since I have three boys. <laughs> wow, excellent. The cape is uh, on the inside. Yes, 100%. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Well, you know what? A, a lot of people don't realize it. You know, they'll, they'll see women and they don't realize that as a woman, you definitely go through a lot more um, challenges than, than the guys do because not only are you if you have children right and and women who don't have children also go through a lot of different challenges because every day things are being thrown at you the women's movement has come so far it still hasn't reached where it should be I don't I still don't believe that men treat women equally in reality we're not equal we're very different but we should treat each other with respect and kindness. And it doesn't matter who you're talking to, a man, a woman. It, it just, we're not there yet. And we need to keep fighting that fight so we are all treated properly. Well, I, and I actually, it's, it's good that you brought that up. I think equality lies in dignity. Mm-hmm. So treat, treating people with dignity is equivalent to treating people with like in the aspect of equality. Right. Uh, we, I not to get too political or anything, but you know, when it comes to valuing each other, 
regardless of, you know, gender, it doesn't matter. When it comes to valuing each other, it's really all about who we are being when we launch into our day, when we launch into the career of our choice, et cetera. So the value lies in the skill set. The value lies dignity versus any other potential platform comes to gender when it comes to preferences of any type. It's really, we want to hone in on the value being within the person, mm-hmm. not about any anything that would potentially describe us. We don't want to, we don't want to define ourselves by anything descriptive externally. We really want to continue to hone in and place the value on who people are. Who are you being when you do this, this podcast? Who are you being when you launch into your relationship? And that's kind of, honestly, that's, that's kind of the foundational principle of, you know, Bridge to Freedom Coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, my company is very much focused, focused on celebrating and empowering who you are being when you launch into your business, when you launch into your relationships. Do you like that transition? <laughs> I love that. I love that transition, by the way. Very smooth. <laughs> you know, you, you had me thinking that a, a lot of people will judge someone because they know of their their gender. Like, say, I'm going to go talk to Lisa. Lisa's typically a, a, a female name. Maria's a... a but, and then I'm going to go talk to John, or I'm going to go talk to Adam. People already in their mind are already saying, I'm going to go talk to a man, or I'm going to talk to a woman. But if people don't know, I'm going to go talk to Mr. or not even, there you go, the, the Mr. or the Mrs., right? But if someone says, I'm going to go talk to number 48, <laughs> or number 98, then all of a sudden, we take that whole sexuality out of it, where we don't know the gender of the person we're going to talk to. We're just going to go talk to another human being. Well, and here's the thing. I'm, I think it's totally okay to say I'm going to go talk to Mary or Paul. That's absolutely fine. But the reason you're going to go talk to Mary is because she can help you with X, Y, or Z. The reason you're going to go talk to Paul is because He's going to help you level up in your relationships or your business, or he has the skill set that will get you to where you want to go. So it's still empowering them based on who they're being, but those other factors don't play a part. Because when you create a culture of connectivity, it's all about empowering people based on who they are. Maybe Mary's more autistic. Maybe Paul is more innovative, more strategic. Maybe, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, Playing sports, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to pass the ball. Like, let's really think about basketball analogy. When you're going to pass the ball to the person who does the best layup when you want a layup done, you're going to uh, pass the ball to whoever it is who makes the right, the best three point shot. Right. Whoever has that skill set, you're going to make sure to utilize that person on your team to the full advantage. It's also a team mentality. You know, if, you, if we were able to create a culture that had a better team mentality, that really, you know, honed in on people's skill set, honed in on who they who they were being and what they did best. When they were launching into an action, when they were their best selves, if we were able to empower them in that, then our culture would look entirely different. And it would create more of a culture of unity versus a culture of all these other ideologies that don't really serve us in focusing on 
what makes us great? Mm -hmm. What makes us great as a nation? I don't know how we got this track on this track, but I mean, I'm I loving think it I this did. morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got on that track. I'm all about it. Because it, you're, you're a mindset coach. And, and this is a subject that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about. And being that you're a mindset coach, I said, you know, I'm going to bring this a little differently. Because I was watching a, a show and it was a, you know, it was a really intellectual type of show. And what wound up happening is a new person was starting and they heard a lot about this person. When the person walked into the room, they were a little shocked because they expected a man and it was a woman. And I thought that was so cool. And they were thrown back and all of a sudden their demeanor changed. So it, it's just that that moment that I was like, that's really cool. The way the writers put that in, because they expected this huge, powerful man to come in. And, and, and it was this, this woman, she was not, you know, she's probably like five, two or something. And all of a sudden they're like, you, I was expecting, you know, and they even said it, I was expecting, you know, this big burly guy and strong and powerful. And she goes, Oh, so you, you think that's not who I am? It, it was, it was just great. <laughs> it's the perception that we all have. Right. Well, I agree. And I think, well, it's the expectations and the perception that is created based on your family of origin, that is created by your experiences when you grow up. Um, so there, that's really what they were bringing to the table. So in that story, I, and I love that story because, you know, we, it's all about breaking free from those expectations, those limiting beliefs mm -hmm. that really don't serve us in connecting well with others. So what, what you were saying was, you know, there was some surprise, an element mm -hmm. of surprise, but it's always, it's very, very important to realize when we're showing up in an expectation. Uh, and if that expectation will serve us in connecting well with another person, then absolutely go for it. But really, you know, launch into the expectation of expecting yourself to show up well, mm -hmm. to expect yourself to show up to create a space of, of radical acceptance, radical self-acceptance. I don't like the word tolerance because it implies that you're having to make yourself do something. I like the, the term acceptance uh, because it's, it just, it creates a more embracing ideology. And that just means, but then you have to launch into, okay, what am I accepting? And, it, and you always have to look back to yourself because in today's culture, because we're so distracted, because we have so much going on, it's, it's really important to start with, how we're going to show up first, pointing the finger at ourselves and saying, okay, ask yourself the question, am I showing up well? Am I showing up and is my goal to empower others around me? Is my goal to focus on what is the goal when I, when I step into my work day, when I step into my relationships, when I step into, you know, talking to that, the cashier at, you know, Walmart, Walgreens, Publix, wherever you're at, mm -hmm. you know, what is my goal of the interaction? And if we get mindful, if we, if we're coming from a place of self-awareness, we're going to say things differently. We're going to develop different communication strategies because we're mindful of the other person's dignity. Right. And it's, it's so important to be mindful on a daily basis. And it doesn't matter, like you said, who you're talking to. It's what can you experience at the moment, right? What, what can you bring forth? And also maybe what can you pull? What can you you know, maybe elevate someone 
bring them higher in during that conversation. Because just if you're talking to someone whose wages are lower than yours, doesn't mean you demean them. It means that you talk to them. Maybe they're going to school. Maybe they're paying their own way. We don't know where everyone has been just by looking at them. And, and a lot of times people make that judgment as well. It's not maybe gender anymore. It's, it's the level that they're at at the moment, right? Because... Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people. I used to drive up to this community and there, there was always a guard at the door. And I'd always engage them and talk to them. And one, one guy was there and I saw he had a bunch of textbooks with him. And I said, hey, what are you studying? He goes, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be a lawyer. I'm like, well, congratulations. You know, and then we had this, this great conversation. And then you, other times I would drive up and there's a guy playing games on his phone. And so it's what people decide to do with their life, bring their level up. Because even though you might have been just with that job, what do you do during your downtime? If it's, if it's a job where you're just waiting for cars to come through, what do you do in that 10, 15 minutes in between? Can you read something to empower yourself? Do you listen to a podcast? Or do you just play video games? Or do you read the comics? And there's nothing wrong with reading the comics or playing a game. But the quality of your life depends on what you do with your spare time sometimes. That is a brilliant, brilliant revelation. I completely agree. I mean, I like reading the comics. Yeah. I think they're a lot of fun. <laughs> RC comic books, I used to love those books. Right. <laughs> they, I, they are fantastic. I remember going, you know, through the line at Publix with my mom and always saying, I want this, can we, you know, just throwing that in the cart, really. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just like, oh, I didn't even realize the boss was like, I, and I just loved those comic books. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was still something that was tangible that I was doing when I was reading an Archie comic book. You know, it's so important today, especially po we're kind of still in COVID, in COVID mode. Oh, yeah. But it's so important to uh, become the influence in your life and not live under the influence of like, like you were saying, you know, distraction, those things that don't really fuel our mind, body, and spirit that don't really grow us into empowering ourselves, like you were saying, and empowering others. So if you can be intentional with that downtime, be intentional, focus on, you know, something I like to call your four selves, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and physical self. Make sure that you're doing something for your four selves every day. And then, and then always being intentional with your communication strategy when you're going to launch into the external world, as I like to call it, when you're mm -hmm. talking to coworkers, when you're um, talking to your significant other, when you're talking to strangers. It, it's what you bring forth, right? And, and a lot of people sometimes are afraid because maybe, you, let's, let's go back to sh being shy, right? Maybe when we're kids, we're all shy. Eventually, we have to kind of come out of that shell a little bit even if it's only a little bit, to be able to communicate when you first go to kindergarten. You have to, well, you don't have to, but you start communicating with your peers. You start communicating with your teacher. I, I deal with kids all the time. I have 13-year-olds that don't look at people in the eyes, and I'm trying to change that for them too. And, and one of the things I say to them is, if someone wants to know if you agree with them, Take a second and just look at their eyes. And then that way they'll know that you're both on the same page. And it doesn't matter your age. 
But eye contact when you're communicating with someone is tremendous. It's it's really so critical for everybody to be able to have that eye contact. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, let's take that away for a second. Because what if you're communicating with a blind person? Obviously, they can't do that eye contact. But And I've spoken with blind people and, and, and deaf people. And they communicate beautifully because they have lost a sense. And so they really rely on all the other senses. Exactly. Their senses are heightened. What we take for granted is that we have those senses. And a lot of people don't use them to their full advantage because what we see when we look out, you have a choice. You can see ugliness or you can see beautiful things. And it's, it's that, that mindset that we're going for. Where are we and what can we see? Because if you look at a person and maybe, you know, they're homeless or so forth, and you look at them with disgust, you're not really looking at the picture because we don't know how they became homeless. A lot of people during this COVID became homeless. Do we look down at them because they lost their job? Not by choice. Their landlord didn't help them. All these different factors that we have no clue. And sometimes the way we look at a a person, because maybe of their looks, of what they're wearing, who are we to judge is all I'm saying, right? Well, I mean, there's a place for correct forms of judging. Like, if you're going to judge a situation, is it going to be safe or not? I mean, there's mm, there's ways to definitely, course, you know, use your the gift of, of judgment. However, I, I totally see what you're saying. And, you know, going back to sight, physically being able to see is one way of seeing and assessing a situation or a person. But, you know, your nonverbal is 90% of your communication. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, you know, the person who, who can't hear, I mean, he utilizes his other senses, but really your, your communication, you know, being a mindset and strategy coach, I really hone in on telling, teaching people how to see in multiple ways, how to hone in on what your nonverbal communications are, what, what you're communicating with your body language is such, that is the strongest form of communication. And mindset is directly linked to that. Because if you decide, for example, I have people do something called a mental rehearsal before they launch into starting their day. And my mental rehearsal is I'm a powerful influencer, a master connector, and a master relationship builder. And you can expect whenever I show up anywhere, whether it be a podcast, whether it be, you know, at at the drive-thru at Starbucks, McDonald's, it doesn't matter, wherever, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to influence you. I'm going to uh, build a rapport relationship in some way, and I'm going to connect you to either an ideology that's going to serve you. I'm going to connect you to some good feels, some good vibes. I'm going to connect you to something that's going to inspire or empower you. Mm. So, you know, if we could, if we could help people to get into that zone, to get people thinking about who they are being when they look at that person who is homeless on the side of the street, who do they want to be? When and how do they want to present themselves? And then how do they want to connect well with this person? How can I empower them today? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how different do you think our, our, our culture, our nation would look if we came from that perspective? Oh, my gosh. It, it'd be incredible. Because there's, and I mean, I'm going to go a little bit off the, the track here, but when we talk about platforming our differences, you know, oftentimes in our culture right now, we are talking about we need to 
highlight these differences, the things that make us different and separate us. When, and it's just about, and my only goal here is to get people to ask themselves the question. That's, I just want people to get curious. You know, if we're platforming all these differences, how could we ever, ever hope to achieve a culture that's unified? Like, and, and the way we do that is constantly focus, focusing on what makes each one of us great. Dignity is a given for absolutely every single person. And, you know, when we talk about race, it's, race is literally, it's an extension. Our color is an extension of our culture, of our heritage. If we start, instead of saying those hot words that the media has pushed into our faces, if we started saying our culture, our heritage, you know, where we've come from, you know, is a part of us. And instead, we can celebrate those things as a part of who who we are. But looking at it as heritage instead of race, I mean, how that, that word doesn't, when you think about the word heritage, does that excite you or does that light up your those lights in your brain as much as race does, you know? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think mm-hmm. about that, it's, if we, it's all about the way we are communicating. And the goal is always effective communication and seeking to understand others around us. And what is the best way? The, the question, what is the goal? What is the best way to empower every single person around me today? If we ask ourselves that question and celebrate, celebrate those things that make us unique, um, that then, I mean, it's just going to look like a culture of connectivity, as I like to say. Yeah. As, as different as we all are, we're all very similar. If, if you were to cut a person, it doesn't matter their race, their religion, it doesn't matter. They're still going to bleed red. So it's important to be different. It's important to be unique. But it's also important for us to realize that we're all basically the same, right? When it comes down to humanity, how do we work together? How do we work to bring our level up? And it's it's this culture that we have to keep working on of empowering each other. Well, you hit the nail you hit the nail on the head. Sorry, go on. I just got excited. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, that that's fine. Well. You, well, this is this is where I'm getting at because your thoughts, your mindset, the way you're doing things didn't just come overnight. I want to talk about Bridget. I want to talk about you because oh. the way you think, the way you interact, the way you do things came from somewhere. It did. It, you were not necessarily born with it. You have your ideology from your upbringing, and then. It, that only takes you so far. Then you have to go deeper into where you started your journey. So that's where I want to take us to next. I want to find out about you. Why or how did you get started? How old were you when you realized that? Because to be a mindset coach, to be any type of coach, you kind of have to be a people person. You can't <laughs> a be bit. an introvert. <laughs> Right. You, you can't be an introvert. And be, I mean, you could and help people. But as as an ex, extrovert, you're going to be able to help so many more people because you're you're not just focusing on you in the beginning. Yes. In order to be able to help other people, we focus on us first, but then we have to focus outward. So tell us how old were you when you realized or what, what was your upbringing like? What made you you? Uh, well, 
I don't know how specific you want me to get. However, I will start to describe the it. qualities of of my Catholic or my upbringing. I already said Catholic. I was um. That's okay. <laughs> I was raised in a very uh very open minded, very accepting, very loving, very critical thinking household, where we would have family dinners at night and we would be encouraged to talk about our day, but then also talk about the the political scene, the scene when it comes to religion, the scene. I mean, I had a, we always, my, my dad had an organization that funded a seminary, actually created a seminary mm-hmm. in Tanzania, Africa. So we always had African priests around our house all the time. It's like, oh, you know, Father Amadeus is here visiting and it was fantastic. You know, we, so we never saw all those, all those differences were always blurred Mm. for us like it was not it was never there was never an idea or an ideology that there was a difference because it was always focused on people's dignity Mm -hmm. you always uphold people's dignity so all of these other differences didn't really matter you choose you choose the identity that you have and your identity is what who you are what's within you that's your identity that that was the the mindset the mentality that i grew up with so i was raised i was raised in a very catholic republican household you grow up you take uh what you like and leave the rest so to speak right so uh, i really just grew up with the goal of accepting accepting being open minded being curious but also being critically thinking and get others to think around you because when we're distracted, we start to lose that ability to critically think mm-hmm. and to communicate effectively. Those two things go hand in hand. When it came to school, I, I played basketball for a long time. That's probably contributed to the team mentality and figuring out, you know, okay, what are their gifts? All right, I'm going to let them take the lead on this. Right. Uh, and then I launched into uh, working in ministry. Uh, however, you know, there was always an element of business. I ended up doing a lot of business courses and then launched, eventually launching into my own business with a placement agency. And then Bridge to Freedom Coaching kind of uh, went hand in hand with that. So I would say, you know, having, I would say that kind of sums up where my mentality came from. What do you mm-hmm. think? I, I think so. I, I get the mentality and for a child to be able to, or a young adult, to be able to interact with all different types of people. It, it's very important for them. And, but when did you realize that you had this gift to help other people? Uh, well, it was probably in middle school. You know, middle school is a, a very intense time um, for kids to start to develop their identities. And so I realized very quickly that I had this innate desire, this innate drive to be a sounding board for people, to to help them discern whatever problems they were going through. And then, you know, and then I would get call from a friend of a friend who would say, hey, uh, so-and-so told me to call you. I'm going through some stuff. Mm. And I didn't ask them. I didn't ask them any specifics. I just said, what is the problem? Mm-hmm. What are you experiencing that you don't want to experience? Because there was nothing else at that point for me. Like, I, you're experiencing something that is not serving you, I want to help you through this. Right. Like, and so that's, that's where I developed, you know, what is the goal? And, you know, because really you have to, when you, you have to address what's on people's hearts and minds first, before you can go anywhere, before you can help them shift into what they want to be experiencing, before you can help them develop a new plan of action for what they want their life and business to look like. You have to meet people where they're at. 
And so naturally I developed a love for ministry so that I would say, you know, I, I would just be walking around places, you know, grocery shopping or, and I'd have people just random strangers start to talk to me about their lives. And so it's kind of, it's kind of I would say it's definitely everything that each person ends up doing is there's an element of a calling. There's an element of this is who they were, you know, created to be, mm-hmm. this is who they were born to be. So I would, I would say that's, <laughs> that's, that's literally what started happening. What you just said made me think that as a, as a young person, you did something that most young people won't do. When someone says, hey, have, I have a problem, they don't necessarily listen to the problem. I mean, they do. And then they tell them, well, you have to do this. And they give them what they would do. And it seems like you said, let's, let's see what your problem is and, and how can you fix it, right? Because a lot of and and a great a great coach is not going to tell someone what to do but they're going to guide them on how to do it themselves because if you're going to hold their hand the whole time they'll never go off on their own and figure it out and, and it's important exactly unless you're you're a specific fitness type of coach because if you're jerking the the weight when you're moving you're going to get hurt. So yeah, as a coach you say, "Okay, we we can do that. Don't do that. You're going to get hurt." Or you know, exactly. if you're a football coach or a soccer coach, you, it, those are specific things that you're going to you're going to teach and, oh, yeah. and guide 100%. them. On. But when it comes to mindset, yes, you can guide them, but I I think as an individual, a, a great coach is going to help them understand it for themselves. Otherwise, where are we where are we helping someone if if they can't do it on their own exactly i mean if you're if you're going to be my personal trainer please tell me when i'm screwing up and tell me exactly mm-hmm. what to do <laughs> right right so yeah i want to be very direct <laughs> yeah absolutely but you're absolutely right with mindset it's a com- it's a completely different animal it's really getting um someone to ask themselves the question mm-hmm. because we don't it's just we don't do that on a regular basis so it's really cultivating that inner that internal terrain. Bridget, when did you actually, because obviously you, you were helping people along the, from when you were young. When did you say, I'm going to make this an actual business? Uh, it was about three years ago. I was certified mm-hmm. as a coach. And that's when it really, I really decided. It's so funny how it actually became a full on business uh, was a story of, overcoming limiting beliefs and overcoming obstacles in my own life because I ended up, I actually met uh, my business partner. I have a placement agency, which helps people find the right assisted living or memory care or independent living facilities down in South Florida. Mm. And I I met my business partner on the dance floor. I'm an avid salsa dancer. And he literally, (laughs) (laughs) right? Seriously, if anyone hasn't started salsa dancing, you'll develop a romance with life just oh, yeah. starting the first lesson. So make it happen if you if you can. So we met on the dance floor and he's just like, hey, I have a business idea. Let's do it. You're, you're a life and health coach. I think this is going to really help um, this community of people who try who in this navigating the situation, the family situation, the emotions that go along with finding a place for a loved one is, is I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. So I started applying those skills. And I started Bridge to Freedom coaching at the same time. So, but when COVID hit, nobody wanted to be in the seniors industry. I mean, because you want, we wanted to protect them. We wanted to make sure that they were going to be safe and well. Right. And so I remember getting a Zoom link and <laughs> I got a Zoom link and I'm like, what is this? What's a Zoom business networking meeting? And 
Um, I got a link for Epic Business Connection, which is now national. It was, I, I got on and I go, Bridget Hahn here with Bridge to Freedom Coaching. Are you ready to level up? And really what happened from that point was just a cascading effect of there were lots of people who really resonated with the message of develop a, a create a culture of connectivity, become your own empowerment generator started to come about and, you know, really helping people recognize the connection between life and business. It's all about relationships and empowering one another. And so really what happened during the COVID days was this amazing full-on launch of Bridge to Freedom Coaching. Mm. Whereas, you know, in the regular world, I mean, everything happens so much faster in the business world and you're able to connect with so many more people. It's actually been a complete blessing. (laughs) Sometimes I say to people, you know, within the obstacles are hidden opportunities. There are. And so what, what obstacles are you facing right now that you're missing an opportunity because you're, you're caught in that limiting belief, that expectation that things should be different? You know, what, what opportunities do you really have in front of you? It's interesting when, when we think about what COVID did for the world. And it wasn't just like in America, it's worldwide. Absolutely. Yes, we, we lost a lot of people and it's just very, very sad. And there's still people yeah. who are suffering from it on a daily basis. But there are so many opportunities if you were open, if you realize that every time adversity shows up, right? Within that adversity, there's opportunity, right? Oh, absolutely. There's always, you can empower people at any point. I I have lots of of friends who, who did the same thing, you know, just said, okay, how can I continue to empower people during this time? And it really had to become a culture of connectivity. Anyone in business had to figure out how they were going to continue to share their product message or service Mm -hmm. um, online or in a different way. Everyone had to give themselves a shift, so to speak, and and say, okay, how am I going to continue to make things work? And I think a lot of people had to shift during the COVID days, as I like to call them, Mm. uh, especially in business. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I had no choice. I, I had an inkling back in January and I started really diving into the virtual world because I was already plan. I was going to be doing a, uh, a martial arts course and a fitness course, uh, a weapons course. So I have all these different programs that I'm bringing to, to the general public and empowering people has always been my thing. I already was already in the process of starting to do something, Put I have like over 850 videos and which, believe it or not, I still haven't gone live with, but it's okay because I did a little bit of shift and I said, I'm going to put that project aside now because I have to do these other things, but it's still, it's still, I'm still writing notes on it. I'm still developing it, making sure that when I deliver it, it's going to be so powerful that people are going to go, I love it. And I want more of it. In January, I started diving deep into Zoom, understanding it realizing everything. And when we were forced to close, I have a martial arts school. When we were forced to close, I was on board, ready to go, even before the school system did in in my area. And everybody was like, wow, I can't believe you were asked to close on Monday and Wednesday. We're, We're back in classes. And I was teaching seven classes 
a day, five days a week. And then I was doing Saturday mornings. I was doing an hour, hour and a half, just talking to some of the members. And, and then every other Saturday, I was doing a cocktail party with the members as well. And it was just, we had to shift, but we also had to still deliver the message and show people that we cared and their health and, and their mental health was, was critical. That's why I did the, the morning uh, talks with them and, and then the, the cocktail parties so people can realize that, hey, we're still connected. Even though we can't see each other physically, but we're, we're still connected. There is something that we can still share together. It's all about being able to make that connection and doing it well. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, we need to connect on a daily basis. Like sometimes if, if you're confined and you're not getting on the phone, making a connection somewhere somehow, then you're, you're kind of not living. If you're stuck at home and you're just sitting there watching TV all day long, what are you contributing to society? That's my thought. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, like you, well, it's, it's very, very important to contribute to society in the way that you, that you can and the way that you're gifted in, especially when it comes to business and your product message or service. When, you know, honestly, when you were talking, I thought I heard cocktail hour and, uh, <laughs> weapon. That's what I heard. Those were the two words that really jumped out at me. Like weaponry and cocktail hour probably won't mix. No. Uh, and then I, you know, then Unless I it's drunken thinking, kung fu, you know. <laughs> yeah, drunken kung fu. Which I actually do, <laughs> believe sounds, it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an interesting hobby, you know. Forget mm. salsa dancing. Drunken kung fu is where is that? I'm going to try that next. <laughs> well, I am Colombian, so I, I, I dance everything. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! And you understand, dancing is actually something that I suggest, and you know, my Find Your Freedom 90 Day Program. Um, and mindset strategy in sessions sometimes because dancing really does help you to develop that internal terrain. You know, I've had, I, and you understand this as a dancer, it helps you to level up in your confidence. It helps you when you change your posture, when you, you have to, you have to be in the right mindset to even dance well with another person, another person with your dance partner. Mm-hmm. Um, dancing, I will say really made a huge difference when it came to public speaking, when it came to um, connecting well with others. I, tell me if you've had this experience, okay? So I'll be dancing with someone and they'll say, they'll stop dancing with me and say, hey, what's going on with you? Like, I can tell you're just not mentally there. Mm. And then you have to shift your your state. You have to be like, okay, all right, I'm going to connect with you now. I'm going to stop thinking about these other things that are going on in my life and I'm, gonna, I'm going to be here with you. And it really gives you the gift of presence, presence, physical, you know, activity. I mean, emo- it even helps you emotionally. Uh, it's really a phenomenal a phenomenal hobby to have because it helps you to level up in in your business life as well as your your relationship communication. Would you say that that's accurate for you too? I'm going to be honest with you. When I hear music, my body takes over. My mind is gone. The music moves me. Plenty of times I've gone to weddings and and I'm dancing with my girlfriend and I'm moving and people are like looking and they're like, what? And sometimes she's like, I'm like, let's dance some more. She's like, no. So, you know, <laughs> if I, if I say, if I see people, I'll just dance a little bit. All of a sudden I'll go back to, to the, to the table. And it's happened every, every wedding I've been to. Somebody will come up and say, can I dance with your boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times, of course, she, you know, she, she's a great person. And she'll say, of course. 
And so then after I come back, I sit down, then I get another request. And she's probably because, like, please take him, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Take him. laughs> because she's like, I'm exhausted. He's nonstop. And, you know, yep. a lot of times it's older women. And because I'm having such a great time, people who want, they, they're like, wow, I want to, I want to have as much fun as he's having. And what's he drinking? Mm -hmm. And I'm there drinking yeah. water. I'm drinking water. I'm not, I, I really don't drink. So I'm drinking water there and, or, you know, maybe a glass of wine, but it's life and, and music. <laughs> oh my gosh. You put on music and it doesn't matter the genre of music. It could be Spanish. It could be English. I mean, it could be any type of music. I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm that. My body just takes over. And people are like, you can dance to anything. I said, it doesn't matter. It's music. I love music. Well, exactly. And movement is so important to people's mental health. Oh, yeah. You know, we're not realizing that. There's there's a fitness app that I've become obsessed with. It's called Fit On. Mm. And it's a free exercise app. I'm pretty sure they've taken off during the COVID days. But, I mean, it just gets you excited and amped up. And it, there's actually an element of coaching with the personal trainers that are on this app. And so I've noticed that every successful business right now that's happening, they have an element of coaching within their, uh, their talks with their clients, within their communication strategies on Facebook marketing or LinkedIn. There's always an element of coaching to every successful business right now. But, you know, going back to movement, movement is so essential for success, for the success mm. of just the human person. Right. You and I both have seen as dancers that a lot of people at an event, even if, if it's a restaurant that has a dance floor or a bar or a wedding or a bar mitzvah or any any event, you're going to have people that will never move. They're shy. I can't do that. All these different things. And maybe they don't need to dance, but they do need to move. So a lot of times... Even even when when your your judgment is clouded, when you're not yourself, sometimes just get up, get out, and and take a walk. You know, a ten minute walk. Think about what's happening in your life, and, and that that movement, like you said, is is critical to helping you think, think things out. Because sometimes when you're sitting at home and, and maybe you're getting depressed, things are happening. And you're just sitting there slumped. Oh, I'll just turn on the TV. Oh, let me go get more snacks. Oh, I need to go to the supermarket to get more snacks. Instead of necessarily doing that when you're in, in, in I guess, the dumps or you're not feeling your, your full self, take a walk. Take a brisk walk. Some people are like, oh, it's raining out. I can't go for a walk. You know, there are umbrellas, <laughs> right? There are ways to go. Yeah, out right? There. Oh, it's you snowing. You could overcome well, obstacles. <laughs> It's snowing. It's too cold. Well, there are boots. Uh, you can't wear a coat. There's gloves. There's... So a lot of people make excuses when they actually should take action because our life is so short, but it's beautiful. And we can't just sit there and be down on ourselves. Completely agree. The minute you realize you're doing something like that, get up, move, you know, put on music, put something that's going to make you happy. Maybe you don't walk, start walking. Maybe you don't understand certain things in life. That's okay. Go outside, feel, take your socks and shoes off, feel the earth, 
steal the grass. Go to the beach. I, I, don't, I never go swimming at the beach. Don't go for the swimming. Go to put your toes in the sand, right? Maybe let the, let the water touch your toes and go, oh, that feels good. But I don't have to swim. Okay, that's fine. Well, exactly. But it's giving yourself that gift of awareness mm-hmm. and gift yourself a shift. It's setting those small, measurable goals, asking yourself the question, I don't want to go to the beach, but why do I not want to go to the beach? Well, I don't want to go swimming. Well, then you could just put your toes in the sand. You could just experience mm-hmm. the sunshine. Maybe you could bring a book. Maybe you don't, you know, some people, we have this limited belief that stops us, that stands in our way, and we create our, we create our own obstacles to having the experience that we deserve to have. Yeah. So, you know, and then another thing, you know, during the COVID days, I'm sure you've heard, I've gained the COVID-19, I've gained the COVID-50, you know, because mm. we, we, we need to ask ourselves the question, what am I really hungry for? Oftentimes, we just have this automatic response of, I'm hungry for food. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. What are I hungry for? Maybe I'm hungry for movement. Maybe I'm hungry for interaction, for human connection. Mm. Maybe I'm hungry to, to, to read more. Maybe I'm hungry for more knowledge. Maybe I'm hungry for a change. Maybe I'm hungry to start this new business. And, and unless you ask yourself the question, you can never get the answer. Because yeah, yeah. your answers are within you. And that ultimately will point you to your next step. Bridget, when, when you're helping someone, everybody is, is different, right? Everyone you coach yes. has different, different scenarios, different emotional issues. Yep. How, how do you, how, obviously, right? How do you help someone who has deep emotional issues that may be hindering their performance? First of all, you start with the question sequence. You start with figuring out where they're at right now. And then you start to sever those beliefs. I mean, with, you know, I oftentimes share with someone, if you want, if you're having something emotional going on, if there's something that you know is sitting on your subconscious and it's stopping you from launching into action based on what you do want to be experiencing, I say, you know, spend 30 minutes with me. I do a free 30-minute coaching session on mm. purpose to help people to experience some relief right now. Because oftentimes those, those things, those, those emotional disturbances that they're having, it's because it, we have fed water and exposed it to sunlight, so to speak, um, growing it within us because we're constantly thinking about it. We're constantly thinking about it and attaching it to our present moment. Whatever that dark thought is or, or dark emotional experience, et cetera, we are constantly pushing it into our present moment in our mind. And so I just start asking people the question, you know, and sometimes I'll get them to do a writing exercise because when you write things out, you start to experience yourself differently and you start to experience yourself almost in technicolor versus, you know, when you're in your mind, it could get very black and white or gray. Mm -hmm. So when you write things out, it really does start to shed light on who you're being right now. And maybe you were saying something like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm bored. You know, how many times have you said this? I'm bored, especially during the COVID days, right? But then when you I, write I didn't it have out, time you for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, to be honest with you, I was never bored. I worked probably 16, 18 hours every day during COVID when we were locked down. Because not only was I planning the lessons, then I was taking every lesson that was done and it was videotaped and then I was editing them and then 
I was putting them up for my members to go back and view if they wanted to. So I was so busy. I was never bored. Actually, I was having a good time because, you know, I made the best of a bad situation. Exactly. And that's inspiring to hear. Sorry, I cut you off. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm glad you did. That's inspiring to hear because that's what people need to hear right now. People need to hear that they are capable of making the best out of absolutely any situation. They are capable of being successful right where they're at. They are are capable and they have limitless potential for what they can be doing with their lives right now. Mm -hmm. And we're the only ones who stand in the way. We do. What advice would you give someone who is in a situation where maybe like you, people are always going to them, they're asking them, hey, how do I do this or how do I do that? And then they say, you know, wow, I realize I'm helping people. I want to. I want to become a coach. What advice would you give them? Well, there are two there are two types of coaches, people who do coaching and people who are coaches. So if you're interested in coaching, you know, ask yourself, what's your, your big mofo? What's your motivating factor for becoming a coach? Um, and, and ask yourself, are there, is there a specific type of person that you really feel inspired to help? So I would say that would be your first step. Um, so ask yourself the question. Don't just start investing in a program. Start investing in yourself with asking yourself the question, who do I want to help and why do I want to help them? Then start looking into programs. There's so many coaching programs out there. There are weekend coaching certification programs. There are six-month, two-year programs. But, and then once you come from the place of knowing who you want to help, who, how you want to help them and why you're helping them, then, then that's going to give you your next step. Well said. And it's important to find out why you want to do it as well. Because, you know, knowing who you are, it's going to help you get to where you want to be, right? Exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to become a coach, invest, you know, invest all this time and, and money and effort. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm not really passionate about this. I'm not really inspired by it. You want to make sure that it's the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. So Bridget, what does it mean to you? To be a coach. To be a coach means that based on who I am and the skill set that I have, I am able to motivate, inspire, and empower the person in front of me. And that is my goal. Every time I meet on a Zoom call, every time I meet with someone in person, I actually get to do this for a living. Mm. And so I, and this inspires me every day. How I get to help people and add value to their lives and their businesses inspires me every day. People go, how do you stay excited? How do you stay inspired? I go, because my whole job is to just empower people to be who they were meant to be. That's my, that's my whole job. And so it, it, it runs deeper than a, you know, paycheck, so to speak. It's, it's actually something that I would be doing even if I didn't have the, the role of mindset and strategy coach. Mm-hmm. It's something that I would be doing regardless. It's something that that drives me and inspires me every day to empower others. So if you're capable, if you you have something like that inside of you and you're able to make it into a business, hundred percent, go for it. That's what you should be doing, and that's who you were meant to be. Right? Because when you're thinking about helping other people, the money's not the first thing that you should be thinking of, because then you're not helping anyone, but you're trying to help yourself only. And when you only try to help yourself, the money won't be there. When you focus on helping other people, 
then the money will come because people are going to go, wow, I, I love your service and I want to continue with it. But if you only focus on the money and, you, and you're nickel and diming people, I, I think that people see that and they're like, they're in it for the money. They're not in it for me. And when people can see that you're genuinely in it for them, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be huge. Well, absolutely. And that's always the first step. The other step, I mean, I don't even know how much time we have to talk about this, but the other step is having a high deservability. Mm. What you're talking about, if you're showing up hungry for the business, if you're showing up hungry for like, okay, I want to make this fail, then people are going to see that, that you're not being authentic mm -hmm. and that you're not wanting to actually add value to them. So how you do that, I mean, this is a whole nother coaching session, okay? Right, of course, <laughs> is, of course. Is having <laughs> the high deservability. You know, knowing that you deserve to have value added to you in place of the value that you're adding to others. Mm. It's a combination, but you're you're 100% on the right track. I completely agree. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I had a coach many, many years ago who his way of thinking was every time you're trying to help this person, think of a new car. Think of, you know, upgrading your house. And, this, and I was like... That's not what I want to hear. That's that's not who I am. And he's no longer in business, but he he brought good stuff forward, but his mentality was not fully there. And it for him was the finances. That's all he cared about. Well, it's it's a common, I would say, problem when in, in the business world that we end up showing up hungry, not because not because we don't want to help. It's, it's sometimes because we lack the confidence. Mm -hmm. We have low deservability. We, we don't feel like we deserve for people to add value to us. And so we show up in that place of desperation. We show up in that place like, okay, why aren't you getting by my product message or service? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's just uh, the wrong mindset. And it has to do with understanding your deservability, you know, understanding that you deserve to have others add value to you right. and seeing where that's at. And, and figuring that out, well, it requires a coaching session. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I, I totally believe that everyone needs a coach. Everyone needs someone to help them along. And it doesn't matter your level, how, how much money you have or anything of that nature. Because we all need someone to help us not only be accountable, but to guide us, to help us out, um, just the same way uh, a pilot can just fly the plane without looking at the controls, right? Because yeah, we need to know our destination, but we need someone to keep guiding us towards that destination. Absolutely. We and here I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a step further and say we all deserve to be empowered. We all deserve to have those people in our lives who stretch us, who support us, who hold us accountable to making the vision, our vision, a reality in this life. Like you were saying, we only have one life. You know, why not have a romance with life? Mm. Why not have a successful business? Why not level up? I mean, there's the only thing stopping you is, or me, is, is myself, my limiting beliefs. True. And so I think we all deserve to have those, that person in our life that empowers us. So, so true. There are so many avenues that we can go into, whether it's business, finance, relationships. Where do you see coaching 
heading towards and what would you like to see different? Uh, well, honestly, I just see coaching becoming an, an element of every, every active and successful business. Um, there are real estate coaches, mortgage coaches, financial coaches, empowerment coaches, mindset coaches. Coaching has really become um, a partnership and a partnership with success. Like if you don't have a coach, you know, if you're not working with someone who's actively empowering you, then, you know, how are you getting to that next level? You know, it's just partnership has always been something that's so important. You know, mentors, we've all grown up with mentors. I've had so many mentors. I have one right now. You know, someone to bounce other ideas off of. Someone who has your best interest. Um, so, and someone who's going to ask, sometimes ask you questions that come, come out of left field for you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just so important. Partnership is so important in terms of, of being successful. So I, I see coaching just continuing to to grow in, in our culture and across the across the world, you know, to to be a career choice, an option um, that's going to help our culture just grow into a culture of connectivity. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, coaching is 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 key to success. Not that you can't be successful without coaching, but to be more successful. I believe the the coaching aspects are important. I mean, look at any top athlete. Each of them have a coach. Without their coach, they're not going to be a success. So it doesn't matter the sport. doesn't matter the activity. Coaching is, is critical for success. I couldn't agree more. What do you see yourself doing in five, ten years? Uh, five to ten years, I see... I see a lot of things. First of all, definitely coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind's eye, just adding value to as many people as possible. And and what that looks like is is being anywhere, you know, similar to doing what we're doing right now. Right. Um, just just figuring out, just continuing to see where the vision of Bridge to Freedom Coaching takes me, and and where I can add the most value to the to the most people. Mm-hmm. So that, that looks like, you know, I'm, I'm doing group coaching one-on-one right now. I'm speaking on, on multiple platforms but, and doing this, but doing this, but like 10 times bigger, right. you know, a hundred times more. Of course. So the, the goal is to always grow and to always be stretching yourself. Growing, it should be an every, everyday occurrence, correct? Growth is an everyday occurrence, mm-hmm. really. And it's all about asking yourself the question, how am I going to shift today? How am I going to continue to empower others today? What is inspiring me right now? And then continuing to push forward with that inspiration um, into into what you're going to do for the day. Your you know your top five priorities, your to do list. Constantly, growth is a growth is a mindset. You've not only shared your your vision, your story, but I think that you today you've inspired, and every day. We should look to inspire people. And a lot of times people don't plan their days. And sometimes their days go by and when they, they don't even reflect on their days because all of a sudden the week went by and they just did the same thing they do every day. They didn't make an effort to change it up a little bit, to have excitement in their life. So what I tell my clients is that they should have a morning routine, an evening routine, an end-of-the-week routine, what it's coming up next week, so that they're supercharged up for 
what's going to happen? What did I do this past week? What can I do better next week? What I what can I do better next month? So that that accountability, and you said it earlier, writing is elemental for me. It's because you can type it up on a computer, you can record it, but when you put that pen to paper, that really makes you really think about what you're writing, and, and it dives deeper. Because all of a sudden, if you if you journal every day, it's going to change the way you're thinking because your thoughts are on paper and you can always go back and look at them. Yes, you can go back and look at your notes that you did on your computer, but that writing, that exercise, that really takes it to the next level for me anyway. Oh, I completely agree. And I, I it takes me to the next level as well because it helps me to realize what where I am, how am I showing up? And the question also is, how am I aligning with my vision for what I want my life and my business to look like? So constant, constantly. Yes. This has been a lot of fun and, and very informative for me. And, and thank you so much for sharing. And Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> because when you think about it, anybody who's going to listen to this podcast can take something away from it and say, well, I didn't think of it that way. Or because everybody should hopefully listening understands that we are doing this because we love empowering people. We love to connect. And that communication is, is huge. Absolutely. Thank you so much for finding me and, and, and creating the space for us today. Yeah. Because, you know, like-minded people attract like-minded people. And, and, you know, this is, this is, we're gifting someone with some different ways of thinking, like you said. Right. And uh, I feel like we also, gifted ourselves this time for for this amazing conversation so just thank you for having me i really appreciate it you know what and the connection that you and i made and i hope it'll be a connection for a very long time because it's what helps us become better helps us elevate ourselves when we make great connections and i think you and i did a hundred percent absolutely great thank you so much again and you have an amazing day you too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.